This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 485, creeping towards <laughs> 500. This is IGN's weekly Xbox show for March 9th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined, of course, by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi. Hi, hello. Welcome, everybody. Not just Cam Hawkins, but also Astra. There's your Sir Q. Yeah. Where is yeah, she? Yeah, Astra. Astra. You got to watch on video right to get here. cute puppy. That's what has, that's Astra. why you watch video. <laughs> and cat chaos. Here she comes. Hold on. She didn't oh. want to move. There, there she is. is. All right. There, there she is. is. There's that adorable little, puggy. Little, little nugget. There she is. Okay. Outstanding. And then our other adorable little nugget, Brian Altano. Good to <laughs> see you, you, my friend. Thank you. It's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> how's that for I an intro? You, guys. Yeah, you no, haven't been on Unlocked in like two years, and that's how I that's how I bring you in. <laughs> I love it. It's good to see you all again. Uh, it is good to see. You. Yeah, you you reached out. You know, I mean, you and I we always talk to each other about how we lament that just. We've worked at IGN together. Like you've been there just a little longer than I have. I'm coming up on my nine year. You must be approaching 10 now. Yeah, I think it's about 30, 40 years I've been there now. So, yeah. <laughs> but you just, we always run in in like adjacent lanes. We barely ever get to get to share the same road and work, really work together. So uh, you've been playing the crap out of your Series X and you're like, hey, if you ever want me on, come on, you know, I'd love to go on. And sure enough, Brandon Tyrell had other other meetings. so. Here you are. I am thrilled to be uh, doing a show with you, my friend. I actually, I injured him specifically so he wouldn't make it, <laughs> and then I could be here. This is, I, yeah. I, the crime is over now, so I can admit it. Right. He'll, oh, he'll be fine. Great. He'll be fine. He's resting and gives, recovering. This, sure, but, this uh, gives Miranda and I an extra week to get a point on yeah, the board. Yeah, in the, trivia, so. in the trivia challenge. Yeah, that'll be the real test, Altano, is can you, can you hang in the trivia contest? Later in the show, I can't even hang. It isn't hard. It isn't are, hard. Is it, it isn't hard. Are people cheating now? Because you have like devices within reach, and no, no, there's Never no. It's, it's on our system. Yeah, people are good yeah. about it. Just All right, out there. <laughs> uh, quickly, a programming note. I've mentioned this on the last two shows. Now it has come to fruition. It is real. We have a new home for this show on YouTube. So, uh, YouTube.com/slash IGN uh, uh, IGN Unlocked will no longer be updated. So, uh, well, I mean, we'll use the community tab to just point you over to the new place so it's not like a complete ghost town. But new shows are going to be uploaded to our new IGN Games channel, youtube.com slash IGN Games. We're bringing all the podcasts, uh, all the shows under one roof. So uh, Beyond, Unlocked, Game Scoop, and Nintendo Voice Chat. You can find them all there. We'll have playlists for each show if, if you're just really there for Unlocked. We've got the playlist, but the idea—it's all YouTube algorithm. We, you know, we got, we got, we got some. You got, you're fighting Google all the time to try and uh, decipher the the wizardry. So join us over on that channel. Uh, if 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 you get there and go, wait a minute, there's some some of this looks familiar. I see a very a very fat Brian Altano on here. <laughs> that's because that's because it's the old IGN Start channel, and we've we've kept everything. We didn't sweep it all out of the back of the garage. We've just left it all. So, you know, now you can see the the uh, more youthful looking, thinner, healthier Brian Altano. But if you want, you can go back to to uh, 
to you know one point five x Brian Altano as well. Yeah, whatever. Go look for it. that's uh, that man will follow me like an old ghost until I'm dead. So that's good to know that he's now in the new place where my new shows go. Thank you but, to whoever at IGN made that decision. I hope things go great for you forever. But, but yet somehow on Instagram, I see you're you're making delicious looking pizza at home. You're making all kinds mm -hmm. of delicious food, and yet you still look great. You are not. You are no longer old Brian Altano. You are new and improved Brian Altano. So I don't know how you're doing it. I don't. I don't know either. Uh, maybe it's just like stress, fear. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I don't know. I, it's. It, I, I guess it's just moderation, right? Like it's. It's just a matter of key to life. Like, yeah, just, you know, I had a smoothie for breakfast and I hated it. And so tonight I'll make <laughs> something far more dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yes. Anyway, please join us. Uh, just subscribe over on YouTube.com slash IGN games. And you can see awesome stuff like, well, maybe like the growling Daisy. I don't know if that's coming up through on mic, but she is, <laughs> she's not thrilled about something at the moment. Uh, but you can definitely see Astra. Uh, as well as uh, Miranda's yeah. cat, who will wander through. Right. So Here's stick with Marty. us on video. That, yeah, uh, yeah. There we go. There we go in the frame. There we go. Perfect. She sleeps in her cat tree. Yes, McCaffrey, Miranda has her cat like you have your PS Five. Yeah, it's just uh, just, just perilously perched atop uh, on a, a giant vertical shelf. Obelisk. Yeah, um, yeah. One little like four point two earthquake, and that PS Five is coming down, and I'm not going to be able to replace it. But <laughs> It's too damn big, Brian. There's nowhere else to put it. I didn't, I didn't what, what make am I, it. What do you mean? I'm just on the PlayStation show. <laughs> You're on Beyond, so I'm blaming you. I would have told them the same Give us answers. <laughs> yeah, it is it is your fault. You are by proxy to blame on this podcast. Uh, but no, we are here to talk Xbox, so let us do that, and we will start with the biggest story, not just of the week, but it is the ongoing saga of the biggest story. I mean, arguably in all of gaming, over the past several months, and that is Microsoft's just massive $7.5 billion acquisition of ZeniMax and Bethesda. Uh, that acquisition is now official. Regulators in Europe and the SEC in the United States have signed off on this thing. It is done. The ink is dry. And Bethesda is now officially part of Microsoft. So there is a lot to talk about here. I want to go around the room, but first let me just give you a uh, the key parts of Phil Spencer's blog post that accompanied this, because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a whole big blog post, but the key sentences are as follows. One, with the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. Sentence number two that I thought was most relevant here, he says, we will have more to share about what's next for our teams later this year. In the meantime, to properly celebrate this special moment, we are bringing additional Bethesda games into Xbox Game Pass later this week. Stay tuned for more details. So uh, time to get down to the fun stuff, the exclusivity situation, seven and a half billion. Um, let me go Miranda's way first. The word sum is, is a key word there. How do you interpret the word sum, Miranda? Uh, just as it sounds, we will get <laughs> a few new Bethesda titles on Game Pass. Not I wonder, all. <laughs> yeah, not all of them yet. I hope that all will be coming, but I could see if maybe they're just different 
licensing deals or i actually really don't know what it would be uh, as far as like the hold up i don't know what the process for games passes i don't know if many people do as far as like how it takes them to get stuff on but i could see them maybe wanting to like slowly put them on just as more of like an exciting hey look here's what's coming next and i know that that's a really big exciting announcement right like slowly putting them out let you focus on these new things first and then move on to the next ones um but i assume that we'll get all of those very soon or like within the next year or so have all of them on there well cam uh cam there's a, a number of ways to look at some games being exclusive i mean i think it's probably safe to say miranda they will all come to game pass it's just a matter yeah. of of when, but as far as yeah. some exclusives, Cam, does that mean you think like the big guns like Starfield, Elder Scrolls, Fallout will stay exclusive <sighs> and then kind of the smaller stuff will will go multi-platform in an effort to sell better? Or could it be the opposite? What what do you make of this? Uh, I mean, I, I said this, I said this uh, like, I think on the previous show before I was like, you know, temporarily hosting and stuff like that, that I don't, see i don't see why like outside of like games that are already in progress you know like um like maybe the indiana jones game you know they had like a deal beforehand saying like this is coming multi multi console um even though i still don't see why that needs to happen when like we see like marvel spider-man be a game that was like you know licensed to sony that sony chose insomniac to develop even before they acquired them and so like i don't even know about that one but it just $7.5 $7.5 billion, like, all those games should be exclusive to, X- to Xbox, like, Xbox on console, Xbox on PC. Um, so, like, I think, for to me, I think that, like, once we get, like, confirmation on where Starfield's going, I think Starfield is going to be, like, the key game to determine, like, if, if Starfield comes only to Xbox and PC, I think you can bet your bottom dollar that, like, Elder Scrolls is coming the Xbox and PC, it's going to be like, you know, all the big franchises that Bethesda specifically is like known for, you don't expect them on Sony. I'm, that, yeah, that's a, that's a great point with Starfield kind of being a, a tone setter. And that's the one we <laughs> will probably hear about sooner rather than later. Brian Altano, you're a co-host on IGN's <laughs> PlayStation podcast, Podcast Beyond. You play your Switch religiously, but you play, you, you play everything. You've been playing a ton of yeah. your Xbox and Game Pass. As someone who's maybe not like bleeding green, you play everything, you're on our PlayStation show. What kind of what do you make of this from your perspective? I mean, do you expect a lot of this to see the light of day on PlayStation or maybe a year later from Xbox? What where do you what do you think here? I do think timed exclusivity is obviously gonna play a significant role down the line. I think early on that window will be probably smaller, but um, they will do what they can to bring people over to the Xbox side. What this excites me for is that I really hope that this leads to some sort of like, you know, tunneling of money towards things that we weren't necessarily thinking about. Stuff like a third Evil Within game that, you know, in the same way that Nintendo sort of fast-tracked budget towards, you know, Bayonetta exclusivity, um, which was once a multi-platform game to sort of be like, hey, that title is ours now, but we're paying for it. So don't get mad at us because it wouldn't exist without our help. That's the kind of stuff I want to see sort of materialize from this relationship. that said, I think there's also opportunity for stuff that's maybe we're not necessarily thinking about, uh, like full-on remasters of some of the more classic Bethesda games. I feel like those are perfect opportunities to drop as exclusives on the Xbox side because people can go, all right, I have that already, but like, look at how you know Fallout 3 looks now right. on, on Xbox, you know, taking advantage of that. 
But I think just in general, the, the Game Pass thing is amazing because it's it'll give people an opportunity to go, hey, we just put, you know, this game here and then there's two sequels down the line that I haven't played yet. One is coming out later. Like that's to me what it's all about. Like I I, I started playing Yakuza Zero on Game Pass because I was like, Yeah, yeah they're all like there. Yeah, they're all here. And it's such a it's such a nice thing to sort of be like, I can jump into this like this movie series, this book club knowing that everything is contained in this one spot and I'm comfortable with this ecosystem and I'm racking up achievement points and stuff like that. All that's super fun. I think that's what it's all about. It's getting people to start to associate Bethesda games with Xbox. Yes, you'll be able to play some of them elsewhere, but ultimately, if you start to say, I see that logo, I think of how my brain immediately attaches that to grabbing my Series X controller and playing or wherever you're playing your Xbox games. I think that's what it's all about. So yeah, I think we're gonna see some exclusive stuff. I don't think it's gonna be the significantly big stuff right off the bat, but I think we're gonna get some really cool surprises out of this. It, so it's, I actually, go ahead, Cam. I actually had a kind of question based off what you just said, like um, how hopefully in time, people will see Bethesda and think Xbox, but like, do, do you not feel like that that's not already the case? Like I always, I like, you know, when I think Bethesda, I think Xbox, you know, granted like not all their games uh, come to, uh, come to Xbox exclusively, but I, I do feel like that there is that that partnership there that already existed before the acquisition. That which is why, like, I'm I'm kind of curious about the I you know the idea of like these games not being exclusive because at, at that point your partnership, granted, you don't have like they don't they don't do exclusives, but uh, but like the idea that why pay 7.5 billion dollars to not get exclusivity uh when you could just and like you know and you have control of what bethesda is working on and all that jazz uh or to a certain degree at least um that you could just pay a timed exclusivity deal like moving forward like just like do a partnership without acquiring them it's like hey your games go to game pass day one you know your games do this that and the other for xbox without acquiring them Mm -hmm. I, I will say really quickly, sorry, when I think Bethesda, I think Skyrim, and then I think Fridges. So <laughs> that's kind of what I think. Also, yeah. of course, Fallout and stuff. But I don't think there's just one home for Bethesda games. Obviously, now there is. Um, but I do agree with your point that if you're paying $7.5 billion, you probably want some some special things coming from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I kind of respectfully feel the opposite of Altano on this, that... Uh, the whole point, they're going to want to drive Game Pass subscriptions. And to do that, you need the big guns. To, you, need, you need things like those, those killer apps that are going to draw people in. So it almost, to me, it would seem more, if, if, if Xbox is going to kind of, you know, the, the goal for them is to make as much money as possible. It's not to, it's not to satisfy fanboys by gatekeeping everything in a, in a you know, hard and fast way necessarily so i like i i would think uh going back to what camp said about starfield like if starfield i will be stunned if starfield is coming to playstation 5 um probably ever but certainly within a year like there's i don't see any way that game like i would be very very surprised if starfield debuts uh, on a playstation machine within the first year of its release because that's what's going to drive game pass subs you're like wow the new the new Bethesda game, the new Todd Howard game, I got to go to Game Pass to get that. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, Altano, you mentioned something else, too, that I hadn't even really thought about, which is kind of revisiting that back catalog now with, with uh, Bethesda. 
Morrowind is a beloved Elder Scrolls game that sold huge at the time, but it's, and I think it might still be backwards compatible. It might, I I think I'd have to look it up, but, um, but maybe you take In Exile, another RPG studio that you acquired a couple of years ago, and you have them do a, uh, a, a Demon Souls and remake it for, Mm -hmm. and put that, and then that, like, that could fill a gap while, while the while they're working on the proper next gen Elder Scrolls Six, so it's like stuff like that. You you bring up a really good point about kind of revisiting that back catalog, be it through remasters or or full on remakes. That could be that could be a really interesting play for Microsoft mm-hmm. with the Bethesda stuff moving forward. I I do think that they're going to do what they can to sort of bolster the appeal of Game Pass. To me, the appeal of Game Pass is not necessarily the individual bullets but more the machine gun approach of it like coming in every month and being like there's dozens of games here they just arbitrarily dropped six or seven games on like a tuesday morning they've got the ea uh past stuff all just lumped in there it like it's just this overwhelming candy shop of just like coming in and being like i have so many things to pick from i get out of my comfort zone sort of picking and choosing what i want to play try things that i never would have given a shot had i paid full price for them elsewhere. Um, I think it's it's about, it's not necessarily like a, qua- a quality versus quantity thing, but I do think that the quantity is like a huge selling point. And so right off the bat for them to say, we're gonna drop a bunch of new uh, games on Game Pass, uh, which I believe like haven't been there before, which is a significant portion of, of Bethesda games. Like I believe a bunch of the fallouts and stuff, never been on Game Pass before. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about. Uh, and then th- that's the short term of it. And then the, the long sort of, big sweep here is to yes get exclusive games get big games i don't know about starfield i don't even know if that'll be ready for the ps6 launch you know like that feels <laughs> that honestly feels like i th- i think that's the reason it won't be on ps5 is i don't know if it'll even be ready like it feels so far off but who knows i'd love to be proven I mean, wrong it, it's their it's their next game i mean it is they've announced it already it's got to be sooner rather than later i mean I think if it's not this fall, it's for sure next fall. But I actually think there's a good chance that yeah. it might be now. Uh, mm. That now might be the time. You know, I was talking to one oh. of one other thing I wanted to float your guys' way for, as a discussion topic. I was talking to Dan Stapleton, our reviews editor, about this on Slack before the podcast, and um, you know, it, he he brought up an interesting point, which which I then I started to just swirl in my head. So Bethesda, the acquisition's now official. You'd already acquired Obsidian, which is another beloved Western role-playing game developer who, of course, had worked with Bethesda in the past, most famously on Fallout New Vegas. And so, you know, Bethesda, excuse me, Obsidian has, that we know of, three development teams. There's what is now the Avowed development team, which is, you know, clearly in Elder Scrolls, Fallout New Vegas-like, you know, open-world first-person role-playing game. You have Grounded, which is their, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game that's made by a small team within within Obsidian that's out on Xbox uh, Early Access right now. Game preview, I should say. And then you have uh, the team that, that had made The Outer Worlds, which we don't know specifically what they're working on at the moment. So you have three teams there. And then on Bethesda, you've got these two powerhouse IPs in Fallout and in Elder Scrolls. Well, wouldn't it make sense from a financial perspective, rather than wait 
six more years for Elder Scrolls while we wait for Starfield to get done and then for Todd Howard and his team to start on Elder Scrolls. What if Obsidian killed Grounded and killed whatever the Outer Worlds team is working on, merged those into one team, and then Obsidian is avowed, and then they have a team that's basically co-developing Elder Scrolls Six with Bethesda and Todd Howard to try and shorten the wait time significantly on that. Like That would seem like a easy win and something that there's a lot of talent in place at Obsidian to do. Am, am I crazy on this? Miranda, I'll go your way first here. No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they have so much opportunity for collaboration across these studios that I think it'd be maybe silly not to invest in that and like encourage that. Yeah. Um, I, I know it seems that Microsoft has very been very much been big on acquiring these things and being like, hey, even though you're under the Xbox family, like you're still doing your own thing. But that doesn't mean that the studios can't maybe work together if it's in their best interest to do something collaborative. Cam, am I call me crazy go ahead <laughs> i don't think you're crazy based off of the <laughs> viewpoint you're trying to go off of but personally for me i am very much more into obsidian's rpgs than i am bethesda's so seeing that like oh this talent's going to that i'm like no i would rather them do their thing like and and make more games uh like that are their games you know um, but like from a from a business standpoint and like getting the development through that quicker, like yes, that does make sense. Brian Altano, what do you say on that? So or do you have do you have your own crazy idea for what what they no, can no, now no. do in a collaborative way? I like that. I I'm wondering what the sort of like internal metrics look like for something like Grounded because I feel like um, we as old folks have enough sort of like long endless RPGs to play and. I think for a younger crowd, they're like companies are always looking to see what they can do to sort of strike that chord. Um, and I, th I honestly think that gets forgotten about a lot. It's it's why I think that like every now and then, like it's why honestly it's why I think Breath of the Wild or something is so successful. It's one of the few sort of like you know E-rated open world games. Like we forget about what it's yeah. like to sort of make games for a younger audience. That said, um, it is a sort of like you know game in progress it is still currently in development i don't know if it's like officially not even like officially released yet right right Grounded? just game preview yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so uh, maybe the experiment's working maybe they have ideas on how to grow it or maybe it's time to scrap it and move on if it is then sure go with your way but i'd like to see them ex you know and i got I, they got a lot of backlash when they were like this is what we're making but i think it's important to keep in mind sort of like the entire spectrum of the audience and and think about experiences that that go everywhere cuz like yeah, we're old and we buy systems, but there are an entire new generation of people out there that maybe want to get their first, you know, jump into like the video game world. And they see something like that that appeals to them a little bit more. And maybe they go, hey, I want that. But yeah, we'll see. That's a good point. Although, and, and I'll tell you, regardless, you now now that the, the ink on this is dry, the 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 role playing game arsenal that Microsoft has is is. <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, all right. I mean, PlayStation's got Final Fantasy seemingly on lock. That's a major franchise, and they've got they've got plenty of role playing games there. But Western RPGs. This is what Microsoft like. They could do. You know how you know Miranda's. You know, Call of Duty for a while was on that three year dev cycle where there were three studios. Each one would get three years to make their game. Yep. Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, and Treyarch. 
and and that seemed to be super successful for for Activision until you know Sledgehammer kind of went through a major studio change. Look what Microsoft could do on the role playing game front. They could they could have like basically four games and and actually more, but you could have four major IPs that each get four years, a four year dev cycle because you could go with you could have Avowed, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and Fable. All like just one of those gets a turn each year. And I'm not, and I'm leaving out in exile and whatever right. RPG they're making, we know uh, at least one of them, there's two, there's at least one of them is an Unreal Engine 5 RPG. So it's probably going to be a bigger budget deal. So there's just an insane, like there are almost certainly going to be years here and there where Xbox puts out two major like AAA caliber first person, or well, not necessarily first person, but two major AAA caliber first party role-playing games that's if you like xbox if you like rpgs you've got to be on an xbox I, or a really, pc at this point yeah i'm so glad that you're saying that too because i think for a long time xbox and and i know the community knows this as well was just really a home for first person shooters or third person just a variety of shooters and that was yeah. fantastic because like i think the xbox controller is the best controller for that but um <laughs> true 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 but it was so fun and I love those games, but also you just want, you're like craving that variety, right? And I think that's really what they've been building up to. Um, whereas you'll get Sony, it makes a lot of sense that with their partnerships and of course their location in Japan makes them just prime for being the uh, JRPG household, right? Mm -hmm. And now I think Microsoft really took that cue and said, hey, all right, well, we need to get on it and get our RPGs. Like we can be the home of Western RPGs and really make that stand for that and make a claim for that. And I think, you know, a lot of it did come through acquisitions, but I'm really impressed by just like looking at these, like the Bethesda plus Xbox, like kind of art they've released and just seeing all these games and just the variety there is really great. And I think also to Altano's point, like talking about things like Grounded or even thinking about Minecraft or even like Sea of Thieves and just like these more lighthearted, playful games that bring that variety to the system are really needed. And I'm so glad to see that Xbox is kind of becoming more of a home for all those sorts of things rather than just sort of, um, you know, like a solid racer and a few mm -hmm. great shooters, which we love those, but right. we want a little bit more. I think Sony's had the lock on that for so long and Nintendo as well. I mean, Nintendo has its own like family friendly, everyone household over there and always has been. Um, and I think for a long time, Microsoft has sort of struggled to figure out what else they could offer exclusively. And it seems like obviously through those very big acquisitions, they found it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you made a good point, like with, with Xbox being kind of known as the, the first person shooter box, that was more, that reputation was cemented in the 360 era, I yep. would say. Because if you go back, if you actually go back to the original Xbox, they had Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, which we actually talked about a minute ago. That was a console exclusive. That was not on PS2. They had Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is, in my opinion, one of the greatest role-playing games of all time, exclusive. They had uh, KOTOR 2, which I believe was... I think KOTOR 2 stayed exclusive. Uh, and um, there's one... Oh, Jade Empire, from also from Bioware. Another exclusive. So they had some pretty sweet Western role-playing games. And then they had a couple of other little experiments. Um, Sudeki was a first-party role-playing game that was uh, 
not terrible, but not great either. So yeah, they they really they had them in the early days, and then when the 360 came along, they just you know they they really seemed to double down on the shooters. But yeah, two. we had Fable back then too, though. That's, yeah, that's true. I mean, Fable it's too. not that yeah, they're Fable, one Fable of those too. standouts, but I think if you look at those releases and the partnerships that they've done, it has like veered more and more toward the shooter side, which again, great, but happy to see more coming to it. Well, and I think to to piggyback on 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 what you're all saying is that uh, during that era you didn't think of Xbox as having any presence in Japan. And at the same time, most people still thought of RPGs as the genre as being like a sort of Japanese owned and run genre. Like the, the Western RPG thing was happening at the time, but like the, the, I would say that the sort of openness that the average gamer has to not necessarily inherently locking their brain into thinking that, you know, RPGs are Japanese, they come from Japan and vice versa. Um, has really made a lot of things open up for Microsoft because while that country is still on the table for everyone, um, although you have seen sort of a less less of an impact that Sony's been having there over the last few years specifically, which is probably because they too have moved away from a lot of like the traditional games that that, that country's enjoyed. Um, the Western RPG stuff has been going crazy and Microsoft has been there for it and they've really aligned themselves with it. I think that helps a lot. The other thing too is that Microsoft has this wonderful philosophy right now, which is sort of this like play anywhere thing. And mm -hmm. that's where you want to play a hundred hours of a video game where you can jump from, you know, a hypothetical Samsung TV app to your Project X Cloud to remote play to your TV to your PC and your save file just picks up where you left off. Like that's how I'm playing Yakuza right now. I'm running downstairs on my backbone, uh, which is like that little iPhone controller and I'm playing oh, yeah. remote play on it. And I love it, it's awesome. And then I come upstairs and I play on my big TV and you know, like that's to me what it's all about. And I think that goes in hand in hand. If they want people playing for a significant time across multiple devices, that's not really something that you want for a two hour game, you know? Give me a yeah. hundred hour RPG to play anywhere I wanna play it and I'm happy. Yeah, great point. Um... And one, I wanted to come back real quick to Cam's thing too. Cam, I don't believe uh, there's been any platform mention at all on Indiana Jones, so it could very well still end up being a Spider-Man-like Xbox exclusive with that with that major oh, yeah, IP because it is being developed I, by you know a Microsoft sure. studio now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my mindset was just because it was kind of announced before the acquisition was a done right. deal. That I, I, you know, I feel like that even though that acquisition was announced last year, that I'm sure that they've been like working on that game a little bit to the point where like that that could have been a deal made before the acquisition was made. Um, that there could you know that that could have uh, that could cause it to be a multi-platform game. Yeah, very true. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that one because I mean the last I mean Machine has they've seemingly been in pre-production on Indiana Jones for a bit because their last. Uh, was it the, the last Wolfenstein was the co-op expansion with the the two daughters? I think right was uh, Youngblood. Young, was that Young the name Blood. of it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that that was a little while ago. Now I want to say was that twenty two years? It was pre-pandemic. That was twenty eighteen. Like summer twenty nineteen. Or twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, it'll be. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Indiana Jones, but maybe I feel that like will. It's, it's further along than we um, probably think it is because I think that 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 movie was basically supposed to be out at some point in the next, you know, in this year-shaped window that keeps uh, morphing into different sizes. Um, right. The fact that we don't remember things that came out in 2019, we're like, was that pre-pandemic? Was that from before the depression? Like, this is where we are now. 
But yeah, I have a feeling that game is pretty far, far along because I, I do think they were trying to align it with um, some movie-shaped thing eventually. Uh, there was that sort of cadence with Lucasfilm where they were like trying to hit with Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and then go to Indiana Jones and then back to Star Wars. And obviously, you know, lots of things threw those plans up in the air. But I have a feeling that when the talk started about, about around this movie, they simultaneously said, hey, let's have sort of like a game adjacent to this not necessarily an adaptation of it but just sort of not be stuck you know empty-handed if that movie becomes a hit and you don't have a video game or vice versa yeah. um so yeah I, I have a feeling it's it's further along than than we, than we think it is i hope Maybe so that's wishful thinking <laughs> yeah i'll be really eager to see what machine does uh, regardless of which platforms it's on just what that team does with indiana jones because their their track record is out freaking standing i mean that team a lot of talent over there. Next story this week, uh, Xbox's director of program management and friend of Unlocked, Jason Ronald, has made it clear that there are still unannounced Xbox games that are coming out this year. So there's stuff this year we have not yet heard about. So he went on the Iron Lords podcast. Shout out to our friend Lord Cognito. We love him. Uh, he was, uh, we got to get him back on here, actually. So he was on the Iron Lords podcast and Jason... Uh, was asked about what a game he was most looking forward to in the year ahead, to which he replied, quote, not all games that are releasing this year have been announced. He did not specifically reference, like, first party, uh, but still, this kind of opened the door to, you know, what's a, what's a first party Microsoft, what's an Xbox employee uh, looking forward to there? What might he be, he be uh, interested in? that we haven't heard about. So I don't know if you guys, you know, first party wise, if he is, let's say he is talking internal here, what what's still on the table? Because we heard a lot about, about a lot of the first party games last year with the showcase. Like a lot of, Microsoft showed a lot of their cards. Miranda? <laughs> so if it was first party, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, is someone working on a small little side project? like small relatively to like their bigger AAA games, that would be just a fun surprise for what is going to be essentially the first year of the Series X. Like that yeah. would be awesome. I think I keep bringing this up on the show too, because I, I've been playing so many smaller bite-sized games and they're just a joy to get through. And I think games don't need to be these sprawling hundred hour experiences that we, we've come to Preach, love. Yes. We love those. <laughs> Thank you. But also this summer, maybe give me something that's 10 hours or six hours or two hours. I will pay for that. And especially if it's on Game Pass. Easy. Wonderful. Let your teams have some cool creative freedoms. I, I'd love to see that. And I think we look at like the Annapurna games, right? Yes. And, and you see those not always super short experiences, but sometimes shorter, really focused, like narrative driven experiences that have something to say or just are fun. And you, I, I could see a lot of these different teams doing that. And I hope that's something more of what he's like kind of nodding to. Honestly, it'd be really surprising to me if Microsoft didn't have something else big planned for this year or even just from their studios. Because again, it is the first year of the Series X and S. Like, why would you not have something more planned? Obviously we're getting Halo, but Halo's supposed to be out last year. So what do they have planned for this year? And I think that's still the big question on the table. One of my one of my most anticipated games for myself for for this year is from Annapurna, the Xbox exclusive, twelve minutes. So exact going right along exactly what you're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, Brian Altano. You 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 play a lot of bite sized stuff on your Switch. 
I do, yeah. Um, and I find myself doing that more on Game Pass as well, as as Miranda was alluding to. Like, that was something where, um, you know, What Remains of Edith Finch was one of those games I kind of slept on. And I saw it there and I was like, oh, now is my time. I, I will say that there's generally, um, I feel like there's a, sort of like a, a divide between uh, the press and the audience in terms of, you know, the nature of value versus hours and all that stuff. Um, and I think Game Pass alleviates a lot of that. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of people say, I, if I'm going to spend 60 bucks on a game, 70 bucks in the game, it's, I want it to last me 60, 70, 100 hours. And I think the the sort of um, assumption is that since we get some games for free, not all, obviously, uh, that like our sort of value perception is skewed. But I, I will say that like I appreciate like a awesome shorter game versus like an endlessly long one uh, most of the time, just because I, I feel like time is is a measurement of value as well. And I think that's an important thing to keep track of. But like I said, I think Game Pass throws all that in the air because you get to go, oh, you know, um, I didn't think about how long this game was going to be because I didn't necessarily have to buy it. The other weird thing that Game Pass does, though, is that like if a game doesn't grab me immediately, I will nope out faster than I would if I purchase it, which is something I have to get better at personally. But I do the same thing on Netflix if I'm like 20 minutes into an episode. Personally, though, out of this announcement or tease, um, I think smaller scale stuff like another Cuphead would be super cool. Like that's the kind of thing that maybe not even necessarily like just like a like a larger DLC or just a, a, a full game. I will always keep fingers crossed for like some Banjo-Kazooie thing, anything like that. Like it was super cool to hear about a new Perfect Dark happening. Like that was just like, what an awesome surprise. Such a blast from the past. I love that franchise growing up. Um, so yeah, stuff like that is 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 where my brain's headed. I'm with what Miranda said too of like, this this is the year where they they had to start being like okay so we got you we we got you on board with the ecosystem or maybe you're thinking about jumping in we have to hit you with a bunch of stuff all year long and it's not it can't just be halo because halo's like the leftover from last year that we haven't got to have yet so i want them to go this is what it is this is the big new stuff this is the fun things that's going to sort of like pepper your experiences throughout the month until we get to the fall and the big guns start coming out of it yeah, Psychonauts 2 shouldn't mm-hmm. be too yeah. much longer, I would think, on that. Hopefully, yeah. I know I keep bringing it up, but it's like it's got to be it's got to be. I feel like that's close. coming out this year. I feel like, yeah. I hope so. I just finished my playthrough of it, and I'm ready for that humor. I want more yeah. of it. I never it played me. the original, but I will go back and play it once. Like, I'm, basically, I wait for a release date. When a release date happens, I'm like, okay, time to go back and actually play the previous games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I mean, yeah, I think. That we're definitely gonna get a Forza game. Like I don't know, because you know there are rumors of like, uh, oh, the the like the Horizon Five map leaked or something like that, and it's just like, okay, well, like that could that doesn't mean it's coming out this year. Like that could be, you know, that could be still next year potentially. I don't, you know, I don't know how they how the game development works. I don't know how like far in the timeline uh, that would be. Um, and you know, we didn't get one last year, so it's just like it would be. I don't know. I I don't think they're going to skip two years. So I definitely think, regardless of being Motorsport Eight or uh, Horizon Five, we're definitely going to yeah. get a, a Forza game this year. Um, and then, like again, like nothing, no signs to it. But here's War Two Remaster. Manifest it. <laughs> You're just going to will it into it, existence. Spencer, I, like that. I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could. You never know. I mean, if, it could happen, right? It's like as. Uh, a further tech test while the rest of the team cranks on gear six, which is probably going to be probably next year. If I had to 
uh, they've been on kind of a three-year cadence, so we'll see. Yeah. If the pandemic didn't cause too many delays, I would expect yeah. next year. Yeah, it's entirely possible that that maybe Jason Ronald is just a massive Gears 2 fan, such as yourself, <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. what it's going to be. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Forza, though, because that was one I was thinking about. Because So I was looking down the list. As I said, Microsoft has shown a lot of their cards with regard to what's going on with first party. Not everything. But of what's kind of still out there, so Jason's talking about unannounced things that would hit this year. So, okay, well, there's Compulsion, the makers of We Happy Few. They're one of the, the cards that Microsoft has not turned over on the table just yet. That could be, that could be one of them. Uh, we just talked about Gears, and it's like, well, Gears 6 technically, technically is unannounced, but for reasons we just said, probably not likely for 2021, uh, given that they've always taken th at least three years for the mainline Gears games. But yeah, you mentioned Forza, and I that's, that one's, I don't know what to think of Forza anymore as far as when it's coming out. It's just, it's funny to me, not in any sort of good or bad way, it's just interesting to me that Forza used to be clockwork. It was yep. every fall you got, Horizon one year, and then the next fall, you got Motorsport, and then the next fall, you know, they just alternated every fall, and you could just set your watch to it, practically. And now, uh, they've gone back, and they are completely rebooting the game. It is seemingly not Forza Motorsport 8. It is just Forza Motorsport. Uh, it seems to be not supporting uh, the Xbox One, which, for a racing game that's got to have bleeding-edge tech and look as awesome as possible, I'm so all about that. Like, let's just build this thing for the Series X and PC and push push as hard as we can on the technical side. So the question is, what I do know, though, from having covered Forza games for years, they do, they have, or at least they have always shared a tech pipeline. Uh, they literally, they both work off of the same technology and they'll kind of, Playground will tweak it and iterate it. Like, they added weather stuff in Forza Horizon 4 which then turn, I mean, that's the most recent one. So turn 10 hasn't been able to use it in a game we've seen yet, but I'm sure we'll see the weather tech in the next Forza Motorsport, but all that kind of stuff, they go back and forth. So I, I mean, I would be surprised if Horizon sneaks out before Motorsport does, given that Motorsport was announced, but it's not, it's not out of the question. I mean, it has been a while, as you noted, Cam, now that since we've had any Forza game and and uh, you you generally you know want to have a a super pretty first party racing game near the, the you know that first year of the console to yeah I was gonna say really show things off yeah that's where you want like I, I remember when I when I the day I got my Series X I was like what is the the best looking racing game I can play on this thing right <laughs> now that's gonna just like if I had hair you know knock my hair back <laughs> um, and I had a I you know I was playing Dirt Five and. Like, I, you know, I, I downloaded some of the older Forza games and I was like, where this is such a missed opportunity for like that big AAA racing game right here at launch. Um, but, you know, like if they have to take their time with it to make it right, I'm completely happy with that. It's not like you can just walk into a store and buy a Series X right now. Uh, both next gen console manufacturers have made it incredibly difficult for people to <laughs> do that uh, seemingly simple task. So. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, this November is basically just like the relaunch of the Series X and the PS5. Like, you get a whole nother chance of 
reaching a whole new audience, hopefully ready, readily available on store shelves. And yeah, get some pretty racers out there. You know, you make a great point on that, Brian, because I wonder if, I mean, we've already seen the pandemic have tangible effects on game development and understandably so. Everybody moving to to working from home and and these big games that have a lot, many, many, many games have been delayed and probably many more will continue to see those effects. But I almost wonder, do you think, Brian, that we might see that, that or at least that games are now really not sweating delays because there are no consoles? Mm-hmm. Like people might just, these publishers and developers probably aren't worried about it because there's no installed base to sell to yet. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know what? I'll say this. It, we all um, sort of collectively balked at the idea of Microsoft saying, hey, um, we won't have Series X exclusive launch games at the beginning. You know, like we're going to put our games everywhere for the longest time. And we we're always like, we're, well, where is we want brand new experiences that we only we can gatekeep from everybody else. And um, that turned out to be a brilliant strategy because most people can't find a Series X right now. Um, they're incredibly difficult to find. They're prohibitively expensive. Whereas on the PlayStation side, like if you want to play Demon Souls, you can't. I mean, you can play the really old version of Demon Souls. <laughs> if you want to play the Blue Point remake of Demon Souls, that is locked onto a console that you can't get. So Microsoft sort of unwittingly made this decision that turned out to be really, really smart, which was if you want to play one of their games right now, you can, and you don't need a Series X for it because those are hard to find. Whereas on the PlayStation side, it's tougher. Um, that said, in general, I do hope we see, um, and this is obviously going to be unpopular, I hope we see more game delays and people take longer to make them so we don't have more cyberpunk situations, so people can have better uh, work and home existences where yes. we decrease crunch culture. Like we were talking about Psychonauts too. Everything I've ever seen about uh, Double Fine, like they literally, Tim Schafer was tweeting the other day about how they don't have meetings on Wednesdays. Like that's yeah. great. Yeah. Like wow. it sucks. It sucks for us because you need meetings to make games. But I'm also like, you do you. Relax. You know, like I I have meetings all day tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, what can I do <laughs> about it? And so yeah, I I hope I hope these things take the time they need from the pandemic perspective, but also because rushing a game to launch doesn't help anybody. It hurts everybody working on the game. It hurts uh, the audience looking forward to it. Even hurts like those filthy, dirty suit-wearing money guys up top because like <laughs> Cyberpunk fell off at MPD pretty quickly. So literally nobody wins. So take your time. Yeah. Oh, I mean Cyberpunk's the the most grand example of all of you know everybody thought, including CD Projekt Red, that that game was going to be this five-year long tail franchise. They'd add that GTA Online style multiplayer to it in a couple of years, which they still will, of course. Mm-hmm. But that it would just be this, you know, completely sustainable ecosystem. And now I'm not saying it won't still be that, but it's no longer like it might not be now. Like they're they've got a big hole to dig out of first. But um, yeah, you mentioned like, and you mentioned Psychonauts too, and and that's that's where the brilliance of uh, of being owned by Microsoft comes in for for double fine you know a studio like that like two years ago when they were fighting for every dollar to keep the studio doors open they might have just had to go ahead and they either just ship psychonauts to when it wasn't ready or when they feel they didn't feel as ready or they'd have to crunch like hell and kill themselves Mm -hmm. to get or both maybe both would have happened 
And now they've got, you know, they've got the financial security of Microsoft behind them to uh, to not worry about it. So yeah, I'm with you. More you can you can extend that philosophy to the Bethesda deal too, right? Like I mean, yes. I think that's like that's that's a really sort of understated part of all this is that there is ideally um, sort of a, a sturdier and more significant job security for a lot of the studios working underneath that massive money umbrella now. And so like that's a that's a better place to be than it was sort of like hoping for things on your own. I mean, I I believe there was even a quote when the this you know merger was first. Uh, teased or revealed or whatever um that was uh, 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 talking about how like there's a, a stability that will come with this right mm -hmm. like that, that's kind of idea of like having this big place to move into um is it, it it means things for the studio significantly in the long term um i think it makes things slightly less volatile hopefully i mean small companies get scrapped under big companies every day so you never know but i do think that there's going to be like long-term ramifications for this are, are 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 better for these companies than when they were on their own. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of see that with. I mean, granted, they were they started as an in-house as, as an in-house studio, but look at three four three. Like Halo Infinite was not ready when it was supposed to come out last year, and it's not like oh we're gonna push it back like a few months uh, until it's done. It's like no, we're gonna push it back a whole year. The game is done now. They just need to po they're polishing it for for months on end now. So I think that like. That is a very good example to show that like Microsoft, Phil Spencer, like is willing to be, was willing to wait, is willing to just be like, all right, when this game is ready, let's let's whip it out. But we don't want to take any any risks like that. Yeah, because I mean, in fact, that's a good example, Cam, because I mean, I this is I'm completely pulling this off the top of my head. But, you know, a triple A game can cost 50 plus million dollars. So delaying Halo Infinite a year may have it might cost Microsoft. 10 million dollars of additional development money like just again i'm not that's probably way off but it's it's a large number whatever the actual number is that they that they were able to do because they've got the you know the backing of of a 1.4 trillion dollar <laughs> company behind them so it's good to see <laughs> but, i mean because the long tail of that is that like releasing a game that is under the standards of what the franchise and fans expect um, is detrimental and damaging potentially forever. Like, Cyber, especially Cyberpunk, after Halo they, 5. Yeah, especially after Halo 5. Cyberpunk named their game after an entire genre. Like, I can't... Do you know how many, game, how many emails we get a week that say Cyberpunk in the headline because people are making indie games that are Cyberpunk or Cyberpunk adjacent that have nothing to do with the actual Cyberpunk that CD Projekt Red released? Like, I think it's important that, like, if you keep throwing... There's obviously, a you know... a uh, a, it's not a bottomless pit thing. You can't just keep throwing money at something to save it. But the idea of saving this game for a year and putting more money into making it amazing versus putting out like a not great version of it last year that potentially you know damages the franchise for a very long time. I, I, it's such a, it's it's night and day. So I'm so happy they yeah. did what they did. Yeah, and let's say they did. Let's say they did spend ten million more dollars developing it for another year. Uh, that's that's a pittance compared to. They would have lost a lot more money than that had they, you know, potentially shipped a not great game. They could have lost a lot more of, than that in in future earning potential. So I think we we also need to mention that specifically with Halo, like this is a big moment for Halo. Like Halo has to come back and like prove itself for its campaign. Like that's such a big deal. And again, like this was going to be a Series X launch game, and not having ray tracing and all these premiere features for Master Chief. 
it's, that's that's a really big deal. And I think we keep kind of doubling down on that because we, I think, as the consumers realize how important that is, because if you're going to showcase, you know, one of the characters that is completely adjacent with your console, you want to, you want to bring out like the red carpet, get the pedestal, mm -hmm. craft the champagne, you know, you're, you're doing the full service here. And if you don't Turn on have the bloom that, and the HDR, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have that, it's just like, you know, it's, it's tough. And of course i was really disappointed that they had to delay it but i think i was just more disappointed also in that some of these things weren't maybe planned for ahead of time but yeah obviously the delay was the call to make uh, a couple more stories this week before we move on to the loot box and the trivia uh, this just i just cracked up at this in a like laughing with it kind of way because this is just great so the your Xbox console, Series X, Series S, and even Xbox One, will soon be getting a new upgraded Microsoft Edge browser that's, uh, okay, you think, whatever, I never use the browser on my, I mean, I personally have never opened the browser ever on my console. <laughs> not, because not on purpose. I, not I, on purpose. Why would I do that? I've only done it by accident. Yeah. <laughs> but there's now a good reason where you might decide to do that because the new Edge browser is Chromium, powered and uh that means you can run google stadia through it which yes stadia is still alive it's just the first party studios basically the first party development that was ceased there are still games on stadia uh so as if game if game pass didn't provide you enough games to play uh and you need another another stack of video games uh you can do you'll be able to do stadia through your xbox through the browser which means stuff like Orcs Must Die 3 and some of the other, uh, there's been a few Stadia exclusive games or just PC games that haven't come to console. So it's just uh, even more video games that you can play through uh, your Xbox, which I found, I found really, uh, really just hilarious in the best of ways. That was originally Weird. reported by The Verge, by the way. Oh, sorry, go the, ahead. I was gonna say this, the interesting sentiment I saw about that on social media is that you can play, um, Stadia on Xbox, but you can't play xCloud on PC. <laughs> yeah, I guess for now, huh? For now, for now yeah. yeah. yeah um, but that goes what you... we were saying before, is like, don't release it until it's ready. So I'm, I'm happy with them taking their sweet time because xCloud, it seems super, super awesome. Right, and I guess also for PC, or, or I guess you're more so browser is what people were talking about rather than on yeah. PC. Yeah, because mm -hmm. if, if you're on PC, you might as well just get the full games. From, yeah, right. From whether that they're PC adjacent, if they have that, you can just download it mm -hmm. and save your games to the clouds. Um, but it's kind of funny seeing that you can play the Stadia games, but it's like there's not really many. You'd no, not many. It's just sort of a fun. <laughs> it's funny. It's almost like a trivia question, or at least it's like it's that's what it's destined to be in five years from now. Is remember that Damn. time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to. <laughs> I'm remembering, noting my brain. I remember. Uh, this next story, I'm very glad. This, in fact, last story of this week, I'm very glad Brian Altano's here for this because it seems custom designed for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pringles, Pringles potato chips. Their latest flavor is a tie-in with the aforementioned Halo Infinite, and it is. Uh, the flavor is Moa Burger. Moa Burger flavored potato chips from Pringles. And if you're wondering what on earth is Moa Burger, it is a fictional restaurant 
in planet from uh, Reach, Halo Reach from the planet Reach. Uh, it is now the bird itself is was originally uh, it was a real bird, a flightless bird from New Zealand. It has since gone extinct, but they it's also just wildlife in Reach on the planet Reach. Uh, and apparently on Reach they make burgers out of it. <laughs> and now you can experience the flavor of that for yourself uh, in here on this earth in, in this time. It is a limited edition flavor being sold exclusively at Walmart. Uh, and yeah, dive so in. It, I mean, uh, once you pop, this, you can't stop, Ryan Altano. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I was going to say that like a year ago, I would have read this story and been like, yuck, that's weird. Who needs that? But the year into the pandemic, I'm like, yeah, give me that whole thing. <laughs> Put it in one sitting. Who cares anymore? I'm all about yep. snacks what? these days. Um, a lot of people don't realize this. We are currently living quietly, secretly in... Uh, the shrapnel of the alternate timeline where Halo Infinite already released. Because the amount of <laughs> mm. sort of like consumer products that have been released over the last few months that you would think still happened. Uh, and the same, we had a lot of this last year during the pandemic where like you'd go to the stores and there'd be like Ghostbusters Aftermath toys. Right. And you'd be like, did that movie come out? Oh wait, no, <laughs> not, it's not coming out for a year. Um, like there was the Halo Jazzwares toys. There was the Mega Constructs. There was uh, energy drink, the monster energy, energy drinks. Yeah, yeah. All, those. all those, all those things were happening. And you were like, oh, these were timed for the launch of a video game that got delayed. But for some odd reason, the consumer goods that were sort of connected to this thing didn't get delayed. So there, it's, it's sort of like when that, you know, that baseball team uh, loses and they, they ship all the, the t-shirts to like a country that <laughs> the world, yeah, the, the world series. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're just like, Hey, they're the Red Sox won the world series. Like, did they? <laughs> um, that's kind of where we are right now. Where like, you have to kind of second guess. You're like, did Halo Infinite come out? Because the fact that there's like arbitrarily in March of 2021, a Pringles can release that is, I believe based it's, I don't know if it tastes like bird or burger. <laughs> you, I'll let bird you guys burger. explore that. <laughs> but well, I think it's super funny that like, we're getting all these products, but the game didn't come out. Yeah, the marketing machine cannot be stopped. Uh, mm -hmm. Cam Hawkins, will you try Moa Burger flavored Pringles? I mean, if y'all want me to try it just so I can <laughs> report back next week, I'll do it. Uh, but like, I'm just curious, like, where, where can I get the actual, like, that actual burger? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Miranda, are you, are you, are you gonna, are you gonna try this? I want them. I want them so bad. I want them. I want to go play Reach, but also I don't know where Walmart is in San. Like we don't just, have any. We don't yeah. have it in San Francisco, so I think I might have to have a like one of my siblings ship it to me or something because I I can't get this, but I want it. I love these yeah. weird one-off flavor things, especially for things I like. Look, you could have a cool Pringles can with the chief on it. Just what we all wanted. It'd be great. Put it on your bookshelf. Can. Can anyone explain to me what's happening at the bottom of the the bot the fourth burger at the bottom? Uh, I guess the first burger. It's yeah, that's like the nice it's sauce. yeah, it's that's that's know. Moa sauce, I guess. Okay, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's because it looks like a big like spicy Cheeto that somebody flattened into like <laughs> yeah. a disc. Also, does this burger have like cucumbers on it? Yeah, but Is they're like cabbage? tiny. There's cucumbers, yeah, the, lettuce, and sort of the salad on top. Maybe this, maybe those are what pickles look like. The scale in this photography is hilarious to me. If you're listening to the show, it is a giant sort of ridged or ruffled, I forget the technical term, potato yeah. chip in yeah. in front of 
what looks like a huge burger, but compared to the potato chip is actually not that big in front of like a master chief on a Pringles can who's half the size of, <laughs> of the burger and is looking burger. at it like he just yeah. walked into a room and it's just like, oh crap, <laughs> do I have to eat that? Yeah, the burger has four patties, four whole patties, all with cheese. Um, I have eaten a burger that size. I just wanna let y'all know wow. that. All right. It's always the small people that can put away the giant burgers. It's, it's always. So this is what I'll do. This, certain... is what, this is what we can do. Like the, can, the competitive can... eaters are always like <laughs> small people. It's just weird. There's something what? you're just able to, you've got this ever expanding stomach and then it never plan, affects you. Can we plan for like a taste test next episode? Like I can get a I can get like four, four cans. I can <laughs> ship one to each of y'all and then we can all try it together for the first time, you know? If it's got I, dairy, I can't do it. But uh, Ooh, I'll look I got into the old lactose problem. We'll but I nominate sure the three of you. We'll have, we play, them, but... we'll have to play like waiting music or something over while we're eating because we don't want to be those people that are on the mic. Just crunching yeah. chips on, on a microphone. Yeah. yeah. When I first saw this can, I, my, my initial impression uh, was if you take off the top and turn it upside down, just like a giant burger will slide. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. The other thing, too, is it's sort of like. It's like when the Mandalorian goes to like restaurants on his show where you're like, you can't, you're not eating or drinking anything. Like this is like, you have this, you don't really see the Spartans take their helmets off a lot. That's so it's true. Just, this is, they don't. This is such a, it's such a threat to him. Cause he's like, <laughs> you put this giant burger in front of me. I can't take my helmet off and eat it. Like, I, I don't know if he has like a, a tube or something that he can put this in. I, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. A feeding tube in the suit. <laughs> just liquefy it. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Ryan, what, like, I want to be, so I don't know how they arrived at Moa Burger as the flavor for the chip. Like, what, how are you, if if you were to fly on the wall in that pitch meeting, <laughs> we're like, okay, we need a Halo flavor. What do we do? What, do, what would, what would work here? Like, I want to know some, what some of the rejected ideas were. I mean, I think if you're coming into this from like a Halo perspective, then yes, this is kind of like a long walk. But if you look at what's been happening um, uh, um, in, in like the Cheez-It Pringles Oreo, I don't want to call them communities, whatever, <laughs> the think tanks over the last I mean, Greg years. Miller's in the Oreo community, yeah. so oh, it's, for sure. it's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's like a thought leader in the Oreo community. <laughs> like, th those companies have gone bonkers over the last few years. Like, even the other day, like, we IGN covered a story where they're like, it's the all peanut butter Reese's. And it's like, right. what is happening anymore? What? <laughs> Yeah, there's a but, there's yeah. Just go ahead. Funny? You tell him, you bring it to him. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's, yeah, there's a Reese's I mean, there, peanut is, butter is cup there, that has no chocolate. It's just the middle. Is there a smarter like okay. you guys know way more about Halo than I do? Is there is there a smarter flavor that would have fit here? Like Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I was thinking is it like would it be brute like beef. uh <laughs> what, what was that, Cam? Brute beef. Brute beef, yeah, that's good. I like like Mjolnir melon, where it's like sort of you know kind of a melony, but like it was the 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 lubrication fluid inside his suit. Um, that's horrible. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. So at work, being realistic, I think one of the things they just would have done was slap the chief on the front and be like exclusive Spartan edition or something right. like. Yeah, just name it after something nebulously within the franchise, and I think that's what we see a lot of times. Is just it's not even a flavor. Like usually, you just get the picture on the box of them right. just hanging out there. It's like, oh, great, cool. If, happy, if happy you're subscribed, 
if you're subscribed to a new channel uh here on ign games leave a comment on youtube and let us <laughs> let us know yeah what what, what halo, halo flavor chip you want yeah are, are uh, i'm into it i'm into these pitches uh gr grungu where it's just oh, like you know God. a grunt from halo that's been kind of you know put into a like a you know uh the machine like that the, animals the go goo, into when they get turned the into goo, food and the goo potato chip uh, thing you're doing is just covenant like, cocktail i don't want to yeah. eat them it probably would taste terrible yeah i yeah grunts don't seem like they would they seem they would they would be gamey right they'd yeah. be really I mean, gamey you could do like a like a bacon warthog type thing you know like, i like that there you go it's a chip yeah. it's a chip based on a car <laughs> tastes like a pig obviously <laughs> Mountain metallic aftertaste, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you know, a little bit of exhaust, a smoky, smoky mountain flavor. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, you you can make it in marketing, Altano. You've you've got the chops for I'm, it. I'm I'm happy I was here for this gigantic, easily the biggest Xbox news story of the week. Oh my goodness! All right, let's do the loot box here. We've got two segments left to go, and not too much time to get to them. Uh, Mike Anstead, uh, he sends in his Yappa question. And it is uh, first about one of our awesome guests we've had over the past, uh, what, six, nine months. The expect reminding me that we need to have this guest back soon. But he's got a loot box question in here as well. Mike, take it away. Hey, Unlock Crew. My name's Mike. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for the weekly content. Extremely uh, enjoy listening to you every single week. It's a highlight, certainly. Um, but I also want to thank you as well. Uh, last year, you guys invited a lot of uh, Black creators onto Unlocked. And with that, uh, I reached out to uh, Cicero Holmes, um, Stubby Stan. And, uh, you know, me and him are really good friends now. He's actually uh, guest starred on my podcast initially. Uh, and then now he's a, a staple uh, on another podcast that I started. So I want to just thank you guys so much for doing that and uh, for, uh, you know, uh, just the long lasting friendship that I have now, uh, because you, you guys stepped out and invited a lot of creators on. So thank you guys. Um, my question for you guys today is, Hey, I just got a series X and I'm loving it. I love the load times. I love the speed, love the snappiness of the console, love the backwards compatibility. So what are you guys most excited for in the future? Is it the Bethesda stuff? Is it, is it just game pass? What are you guys excited about the series X in the future series S in the future? Let us know. Thank you guys. Mike, thank you very much. Yes, uh, I love Cicero as well. He's great on the podcast. We've got to get him back on here. All right, uh, Cam, I'll go your way first. Just, you know, sure. what are you most excited for on the Series X as we, you know, finally, it's 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 taken a little longer to get, to get the games flowing like we've been talking about this week, but what are you most excited for with this console? Um, A little unorthodox to the question, but the thing that i'm personally looking forward to the most is and and we've already kind of started seeing it it's just the more japanese game support uh jrpgs are my favorite genre of games um and seeing like phil spencer and xbox like pushing to get more japanese games on the system like you know we got yakuza as a next gen like time exclusive and then uh you know uh scarlet nexus looks really great and that's like got the marketing uh through Xbox um, as well. And, you know, we know that Phil Spencer's looking for, uh, I don't know, particularly acquisitions, but um, but partnerships with uh, Japanese developers. And as someone who like primarily plays on Xbox and would love to play like all my JRPGs on Xbox, um, it's great seeing 
uh that work start to uh, like you know uh, going in motion for the past like year or so miranda how about you oh let me just lift my mug with a big old gears <laughs> logo on it <laughs> but i'm so excited for gear six um, I think there's a lot to be excited for, but as far as like the thing that's at the forefront, aside from Halo Infinite, which I felt like I should have had by now, but I'm also really, really looking forward to the next step in Kate and Marcus's story. Um, and another big new thing that I'm looking forward to is Avowed. I think even though we just saw a split second teaser of it, it looks like something that's going to be right up my alley. Um, and of course, a big old shout out to Fable because I loved those games when I was younger and I want to have that weird humor <laughs> back in my life. Uh, so I think it's hard to pick one thing, but if I have to have a tier list, yeah, yours, yours is up there for me. <laughs> yeah, for me, I I've got to go with uh, the reboots, the two reboots uh, that I, are just two series I really enjoy, particularly Fable. I've I've loved Fable oh, yeah. uh, for since the beginning, since the original Xbox release, and again. I say I say this a lot. The the word I I rarely say the word playground games without similarly plugging the word wizards in there somewhere. That <laughs> that team is absurdly talented. They've proven it four times over with the Forza Horizon games. This is now a second team that they've spun up. So uh, you know they've hired a lot of new folks, and I just can't wait to see what that studio does with Fable, a series that. I feel like Fable Two is really the only one that fully tapped into the potential that table that, that the table that Fable left on the table. There we go. I got it. I'll I'll just save this somehow. <laughs> Fable One got you know it it showed you the it showed the potential but didn't fulfill it. Then Fable Two really really went all the way. Three kind of veered off in a direction that even Peter Molyneux has admitted wasn't wasn't the way to go. And then we had the crappy connect. Uh, spin-off Fable the Journey, which I reviewed for IGN, and it's a game that actually would have been pretty good if Connect physically worked, which it didn't. <laughs> I had to I had to like reset and recalibrate that thing a million times while I was reviewing it. But yeah, a, a proper a Fable reboot from Playground is uh, is I'm just all in. And then second to that, Perfect Dark. I mean, the initiative is the new studio. They've hired what amounts to an all-star team of developers from from that hotbeds of, of game development talent in, in uh, Santa Monica and, and certainly from people beyond that as well. So really want to see where Perfect Dark goes. Mr. Altano. That was mine. I wanted, I wanted Perfect Dark as well. I, I sort of alluded to it before. Uh, like the idea of a, a sort of uh, a collective or I guess an initiative of uh, incredibly <laughs> talented game developers coming together in Santa Monica to reboot a beloved, sometimes forgotten video game franchise. Reminds me of a game from a few years ago called God of War. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's something in the water necessarily, but I do think that there is an opportunity to approach this with the sort of same care. Uh, Perfect Dark is an interesting franchise because it's an N64 game. It's a Game Boy Color game that no one remembers. And it's a not so great Xbox 360 launch game. And other than that, that's pretty much it. Um, but it's one of those franchises that people think about a lot. They talk about a lot. There is a tremendous nostalgia for that era of game now as, as we're older. And I think there's an opportunity to take this and sort of tell a brand new story for Joanna Dark. Like the idea of making like a sort of like a crazy action oriented spy thriller starring this like 
incredibly smart, awesome, kick-ass protagonist who works for a like mysterious, potentially corrupt, a massive, you know, sort of data corporation is super cool. Like there's a lot of cool stuff there. I'm really interested to see what they do with the setting and the gameplay. Obviously it's it's probably sort of far away, but I, I think we're gonna hear more about it sooner than later. I hope you're right. I'm with you, my friend. Uh, we encourage Yappa questions because we want to feature you on the show here in the loot box segment. So if you'd like to be a guest on Unlocked via Yappa in the loot box segment, Leave your Yappa comment on this episode's article page. Just Google IGN Unlocked 485. Scroll down to the comments and you'll see right above there. You can leave a Yappa comment, log in one of, in one of many, many ways. You don't have to necessarily make a Yappa account. So do that and uh, you might be featured on an upcoming episode. All right, rapid fire here. We're about at a time. Unlock block trivia. I don't want to let the show end without it because, uh, quite frankly, we need points on the board. And also, I want to see how Altano does, because why not? He's not here very often. If I get points, can I give them to somebody else, like as a gift? <laughs> Maybe. I won't be able to spend them for a while, Maybe. Right? We'll see about that. I, I'm open this to- This is like the, pun the punch cards for the restaurants you only go to once a year. <laughs> right, exactly. Adam from Toronto, whose gamer tag is us can Adam, maybe US Canada Adam, not quite sure if that's his- uh, his thing there, but us can Adam, Adam from Toronto, which of the following double fine games, and I'm looking at Miranda now, which of the following double fine games has an achievement for unlocking all other achievements that's also the title of that game? Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, or Brutal Legend? So I'm gonna save Miranda for last on this, uh, and I'm gonna go Cam's way first. Dang it, okay, okay. Um, I want to go deeper to legend. Okay, Brian Altano, you've you've Old played Brian. a lot of uh, a lot of Tim Schafer's games. A lot, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any thoughts um, on this one? I, I I was just like racking up a bunch of achievements in Full Throttle recently. I should have looked deeper. Uh, I I'm gonna say Full Throttle. It's 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 got to feel like you did something. Like that feels like you've completed something, right? Like you've gone full throttle through the game. Okay. All right, I see and not a grim fandango through the game. <laughs> I, see, I see your logic there. Miranda, how about you? Did you know this so, one? I, I do not, unfortunately. I've only played one of these four games. Oh, no. I am still making my... Yeah, I've, I've mostly been making my way through like, the newer catalog of Double Fine, which is why. And so yeah. like the next one for me, I think, is probably Brutal Legend. But um, I'm going to also go with Full Throttle. See, for me, I would have narrowed this mm -hmm. down... Again, by if it's the name of the game, I would narrow this down to Full Throttle or Brutal Legend, as yeah. I think you guys did too. It's neither. And, it's, it's neither. Damn it! It's probably neither. <laughs> no, it is, and the oh. it is Full Throttle. The answer is oh, Full all right. Oh, <laughs> so what? let me tally up the scores. Let's get this added. I'm gonna get a free sandwich what? like nine Legend? years from now. <laughs> So we have. I remember. Uh, I think I remember looking at the achievement list like back on the 360 and thought that it was like a really hard achievement list, if I remember correctly. So when I thought that's why I picked Brutal Legend, but <laughs> good job, Adam. Adam from Toronto for uh, that was a good one. So if you've got a loot box, excuse me, an unlocked block trivia question, email it to me. Unlocked at IGN.com. We need the question. So we need happy. four multiple choice answers. And you got like a dance cam. Note the like, correct yeah. one. You're at like a baseball game. I love that Miranda's this happy about getting getting the correct answer. It is, uh, it is wonderful to see. All right, that will do it. Uh, but Brian Altano, 
you know, we've launched this. All of our podcasts are under one YouTube roof now. What's coming up on on Beyond this week? Uh, this week on Beyond, we are going to talk about PlayStation. As we always do, it's IGN's uh, sort of premier and only regular PlayStation show, the number fun PlayStation show in the world. And uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about what this Bethesda thing means for PlayStation, if anything. Uh, and we actually think it won't be much because Sony, in the night the other day, uh, patented a banana controller. So take that, Zenimax acquisition merger. Uh, on top of that, we will be theorizing which Pringles cans uh, should get their own PlayStation flavors. Uh, there's a lot of great ones out there. Uh, God of War, maybe. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. I haven't thought this one through. We're not actually going to do that. I'm just making this up. Thanks. Brilliant. And where can, uh, as, as our listeners and viewers fall in love with you all over again, after, uh, you know, it's been too long between unlocked appearances, now that they love you, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Agent Bizzle. I'm on Instagram at Brian Altano. Most of the stuff I put on Instagram is like pictures of food uh, that I cook. So if you like that, if you like that Pringles conversation and you love food, come check out more. Love it. Cam. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Cam Final Mix, and I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Cam Final Mix. Love it. Miranda? Bam! I have to do that. We, I, I had to hide it in the show. Anyway, you'll never expect it. Um, you can follow me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K, on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, and just kind of everywhere else. Uh, thanks to everybody who stopped by after listening to Unlocked on my streams, because it's very sweet. They're like, oh, I was just listening. I was like, oh, that's that was me for a while ago. That's cool. Anyway, thanks so much. Excellent. Uh, and then I am on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And as I mentioned, I think last week, yeah, the Aliens Fire Team, IGN First. We have exclusive coverage of that all month long, uh, which I am, that's sort of, I've just dove into that head, head first myself. So uh, you can watch me play with two of the game developers in 25 minutes of gameplay. Uh, today we have, there's they, they've added some new Xenomorph types as canon to the Alien universe. So I've got a, yeah. a deep dive on those and there'll be more gameplay, more stuff coming up. All month long, so look out. That game looks awesome. That. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Super I mean, I've played it. it. I have played a bunch of it, so it's a uh, it's a good time. It's uh, it's definitely a good fit for for aliens. All right, for Miranda Sanchez, Cam Hawkins, and Brian Altano, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Unlocked 485. We'll see you all again next week.